Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new Pennywise podcast from Lee Enterprises. I'm your host, Terry Barr, and as always, happy to have you along with us. Boy, it seems like fall is quickly creeping upon us. And if you're like us and many of our neighbors, uh, many people start to kind of think about, huh, what can I renovate right now? Is it a good time to make, be, make some remodels or changes to my house? But are you also going to consider how you're going to pay for it? Well, luckily, we have uh, some great ways to budget, and we're going to be talking about it with Kate Wood. Kate is a homes and mortgages expert, writer with Nerd Wallet. And Kate, I am so happy to have you with us today. No, it's great to be back, Terry. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Okay, so home improvements. I think we've always heard this, but it's it's an okay thing to talk about and remind people about. If you're looking at a home improvement, it can be a great way to actually increase your home's value. Now, does that mean whether you stay or whether you go? How does that kind of add up, Kate? So whether your home renovations actually add value to your home, it depends very much on what type of renovation you do. Uh, People do sometimes have the idea that if, oh, you know, I put X number of dollars in, I'm going to automatically get X number of dollars out when I sell. That's not necessarily the case. There is a pretty broad range. If you look at average um, national numbers for what kind of return on investment people get, you know, for these different home renovations. That said, if you're not, you know, looking to fix up in order to sell, if this is your forever home or even just your for the next 10 years home and you are just going to live in it and love it, you know, go ahead and do the renovation that you want to do without worrying so much about, you know, oh, well, you know, will I make this money back later? Because, you know, if you're the one using the kitchen, it's important that you love the kitchen, right? Yeah. Um, You know, whereas if you're looking to sell, you're thinking, well, you know, is this the type of countertop that a buyer wants right now? Uh, And that might not necessarily be the one you like. So- very you know, true. You know, here's what we're hearing from listeners about some of their top ideas for renovating or remodeling right now. And then we also looked up what it could cost. So you mentioned kitchen, and that's one of the more expensive ones, depending upon what you're going to do. But the average is $50,000. And then a bathroom remodel. I have some neighbors that are working on that right now. And that average can be all over, but it's typically five to 10000 And then the one, of course, this is the one I'm interested in personally is finishing your basement. But that can go anywhere from 6000 to $30,000. So how do you afford this, Kate? What's the best way if you really got to get into this? What do you do? Well, there are a bunch of different options available, but, you know, sort of right now in terms of if you're thinking of borrowing that much money, so we're in the, you know, at least five digit range, possibly, you know, even into six digits, um, a home equity line of credit is probably your best bet. Uh, And that's for a couple of reasons. One, um, because you're looking to borrow a larger sum of money, this is not something where a credit card is going to cut it and a personal loan is going to have a, a, a very high interest rate attached to it. In a different type of interest rate environment, a cash out refinance would be tempting. So a cash out refinance is when you refinance your home for more money than it is um, left on your mortgage. And then you get the difference back in cash. And then you can use that for whatever. In this case, you would use it for renovating your home. 
those are much less popular now because many homeowners who either bought in the last couple of years or who got in on the you know refinancing frenzy that we saw in 2020 and 2021 yeah, with those low interest rates right yeah. if you've got you know a you know a 3% or so rate on your primary mortgage you don't necessarily want to touch that and go to you know something that's going to be north of 5% and on a larger loan than the amount that you're paying now, right? Mm. Because you're going up to that cash out amount, you're now getting a larger mortgage with a higher interest rate. So that's really a, a lose-lose situation for a lot of people. That's good to know. Yeah. <laughs> so the HELOC sounds pretty reasonable. It is a more, it is definitely a more reasonable choice. You know, it will usually be a higher interest rate than you would get on a primary mortgage because a HELOC is a type of second mortgage or junior lien. And so the idea behind those is that it is a separate loan from your primary mortgage. So you do not need to worry about your you know, current mortgage interest rate on your home. You are not even touching that. You're getting a secondary mortgage. Um, but because it's sort of subordinate to that main loan and lenders think, oof, you know, worst case scenario, something, you know, something bad happens, they have the feeling that you will take care of that primary mortgage first. And so to sort of offset some of that risk, interest rates do tend to be a little bit higher on secondary loans like HELOCs. But that said, compared to something else, um, like a personal loan, mm -hmm. you are still borrowing money for um, a relatively uh, small interest rate. Another thing that's really nice about them, um, a home equity line of credit as the name implies, it is a line of credit. And so you have a total amount that you can borrow up to, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you, you know, need to take out all of that money at once or even all of that money over the life of the, of the loan. Um, you might not need as much as you thought. So the amount that you're paying interest on at any given time is the amount that you've actually used. Whereas with even something like a home equity loan, which is a relatively similar thing, it's also a type of junior lien, that you're getting it as a lump sum. So as soon as you close and you get that home equity loan, you've got the entire thing and you are paying interest on that entire amount until you're done with it. Now, Kate, we haven't heard, or at least I feel like we haven't in the last couple of years, heard a lot about the home equity line of credit. And yet it feels now that it could make some good sense for people if they want to stay in their home and do these renovations, big or small. I mean, for people that are, are maybe not so familiar with the HELOC, how do you best describe it? So it really is, it's sort of like a credit card, um, except that it has um, these sort of time limits that are, are built into it. Okay. So um, with a HELOC, you have two periods. Uh, you have the draw period, which comes first, and that is the time during which you can borrow from the HELOC. And you just do that as you need the funds, which can be really helpful because, you know, especially with a bigger renovation, something always comes up. You very <laughs> rarely, you know, you very rarely, you can, you can do your best. You can get all the quotes on materials. Uh, you can get all the quotes on the labor. Something's going to come up. You're going right. to need something else. Something is just inevitably going to happen. And so it can be really hard to say, oh, you know, this is the exact sum I'm going to need. So a HELOC gives you a lot of flexibility to kind of borrow as needed. And that draw period is generally pretty long. Um, these are usually 
30-year lines of credit. Um, so it's similar to a mortgage, except that you can draw against it usually for a 10-year period. And then that 20-year period subsequent to that is the repayment period. And so as the name implies, you're just you know, paying off, continuing to pay off the HELOC, paying off whatever um, you did end up borrowing along the way. And so those are some characteristics that make them really nice. You know, there are a few reasons, I think, why we haven't heard as much about them. Um, you know, one is that lenders kind of pulled back from them um, over the last couple of years uh, when COVID was really hitting in 2020 and it was very new and we really didn't know, you know, what was happening. People did not necessarily predict that the housing market was going to take off and home oh. values were going to go way up Incredible. and that mortgage rates were going to go down. You know, there, there was so much going on. There was so much uncertainty. And so one of the ways that lenders tried to kind of reduce their risk in that environment was that they pulled back on some of their offerings and HELOCs were one thing that really took a hit. Um, because again, there was the whole, well, it's your second loan. If you're you know, going to fail to pay back one of them, this is probably going to be the one. So they right. decided to hedge their bets and be like, we're, we're just not going to offer HELOCs for a little while. So they kind of went away. But another reason that a lot of people are sort of wary of them is because, you know, for people who were, you know, growing up during or who, you know, remember their parents or other people experiencing effects of um, the housing bubble and foreclosure crisis of the 2000s, Ugh. HELOCs, you know, did play a role in that because people were borrowing against uh, what were, you know, these extremely inflated bubbly home values. Right. And so they were borrowing money against their home that was more than the home was actually worth. Um, that's less of a concern today because, you know, banks have and uh, banks and non-bank lenders have tightened their lending standards so much. And also there is much more government oversight of these loans than there used to be. So you are not going to be, um, you know, getting these kind of surprise balloon payments that you would hear about people being hit with. Uh, lenders have to give you standard paperwork up front. So if you're shopping for a HELOC, you'll get the same thing from every lender, but it'll have different numbers and that will allow you to actually be able to compare the different things you're looking at. Also, you know, even though we have seen home values really, really climb the last couple of years, you know, we've had double digit month over month growth um, for, for quite some time. It's a really different environment, right? You know, yeah. we aren't seeing what we saw back then, which was like that there was overbuilding and there were, you know, just so many houses available and, you know, houses would just sit vacant. Now we're in an extremely different market where the number of homes for sale is tiny compared to the number of buyers. The demand is absolutely there. And so, you know, even though we are starting to see some individual markets cooling, mm. you should not be expecting home values or home prices to really drop precipitously uh, because we just, that's simply not the way um, that buyer demand and like seller supply is working right now. And so the idea of borrowing against your equity can feel a little bit more comfortable because if you have that equity, it's it's real, it's there. Um, you know, it's it's not a made up number. Well, and it feels like everybody works so hard to own a home, and then be able to use something like a HELOC when you've got that um, equity built into your home now. At some point, it just seems to make sense to me. I guess is it hard to qualify for a HELOC? Any any hoops to jump through? <laughs> 
There are certainly hoops to jump through. Um, they're not quite as many as with a refinance, but there are a lot of you know similar things in common. You will need to have um, a minimum amount of equity in your home. Um, right. Usually 20% would be the absolute bare minimum, um, but the more you have, uh, the better, um, just because that makes lenders feel more comfortable about lending <laughs> to you, um, you know, because you're, you're not borrowing, um, more than you own, you are going to have to get an appraisal and that can sometimes take a little bit of time, uh, just because, you know, you, even though you pay for the appraisal, the lender chooses the appraiser and you're kind of on their schedule, but because, you know, you're borrowing against the value of the home, it makes sense that you need to know the home's actual up-to-date value. Even if you bought quite recently, um, your value might not be the same as the price that you paid. So you are going to need that, um, you know, and then just kind of the usual application documentation, uh, yeah. you know, your proof of income, stuff like that. It's pretty standard. Uh, and there are closing costs associated with a HELOC. Uh, it's similar to a refinance in that it's usually between like two and 5% of the total loan amount. But because, you know, with a home equity line of credit, your usually not borrowing as much money as your entire, you know, home loan, your entire mortgage, right. what you would be with, oh a, with a refinance. So the two to 5% is usually like a smaller, more manageable number, you know, say if you're taking out, you know, 50,000 or a hundred thousand dollars. Well, hopefully we've been able to kind of clear the way a little bit for anybody thinking about remodeling, renovations, any of that, and at least give them something to think about. Kate, what would you say is the bottom line when it comes to uh, renovating and considering a HELOC to do it? I would say the biggest thing is to think about how long do you see yourself staying in that house? Because even though, you know, with any of these 30 year loans, it always seems intimidating at the beginning, like, oh my goodness, 30 years is a long time, but it seems like it. Yeah. It's a very long time, right? <laughs> but, but very seldom, even people who do live in their homes for decades, very seldom do they finish out that original loan that they started with. Even if they don't sell, you know, they refinance, things happen. Right. That's probably, you know, that can happen uh, with a HELOC as well. But the thing that you really need to consider is that when you go to sell your home, you cannot borrow against the value of something you don't own. And so ah. when you sell, everything you own on the HELOC is due. And so that can really cut into your <laughs> potential profit if you're selling the home, or it could just mean, you know, you're triggering having to pay back essentially like a, you know, a significant lump sum at one time. So HELOCs really make the most sense if you are going to stay in the home for sure for some people say three, I, I would say more like five uh, years minimum, just to be sure that, you know, you've got time not only to do the renovation and enjoy <laughs> it, but also to, you know, the whole idea of, you know, borrowing in this sort of structured loan way is that it allows you to pay for something expensive a little bit at a time over time, right? And so you don't want to lose out on that and, you know, suddenly have to pay it all back at once. Ugh. Kate, and I love the idea that you presented right at the end there about, you know, stay and enjoy what you've done as a, a renovation or remodel. <laughs> you've worked really hard to get there. So why not stay and enjoy it? That is terrific. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Kate, thank you so much. Everybody, again, this is Kate Wood. She is a home and mortgage writer with NerdWallet and uh, just walked us through a whole bunch of great stuff relating to HELOCs and why that may be a great choice for you to consider if you're planning on some renovations or remodeling 
Modeling. Kate, thanks again. No, thank you, Terry. Yeah, and I'm Terry Barr. This is your Pennywise podcast from Lee Enterprises. Don't forget a new one every single week on Thursdays. And you can also always go backwards, look up all of our old topics. So much of it is still very prevalent right now. Thanks again for joining us and we'll see you next week.